Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. All right. Good worship time. Amen. You know, I'm, I, I just want to make a, a one thing here to start out with. My cousins are here. My cousin Mike and his wife Brenda visiting, and uh, they come to hear me speak this morning. So, uh, c- c- come here. I want to introduce you for a minute. This, this is my cousin Mike. Now, individually, we are really good guys, but growing up, when we got together, even the devil left town because he. he <laughs> We, we got into a lot of mischief together, but alone we were really good guys. <laughs> and I would say uh, the same thing to my mother that he said to his. It wasn't me, it was, <laughs> it was Mike. <laughs> uh, I have one more important, very important thing to uh, say uh, before we dismiss the kids and our our kids will be going in different locations this morning as well because of uh, Miss Liz is going to start with the music and uh, working with them for the Easter program. But I believe somebody's having a birthday, and so we, we kind of got to make special exception for that this morning. Is there somebody having a birthday here? Is there somebody? Somebody dressed in an orange sweatshirt? Do you want to come up? Of course you do. Yeah. Grandma wants you to come up. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Hunter. Hunter, right? Okay, you want to lead us in singing to him? All right. Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Hunter. Happy birthday to you. Amen. All right. Well, with that, let's dismiss the kids for Sunday school and uh, for music. Uh, the, Miss Liz's class for, for music will be upstairs because uh, she has her instruments hooked up there. So. Is there, is there announcements? Oh, hey, carnivore night. Almost forgot. The men's group is called carnivore night. We, uh, we roast a lot of different meat. And uh, we have a special place for vegans. And, uh, and uh, we welcome them, but we don't sit with them. Uh, and that's Thursday night here, uh, 6.30. So 6.30, guys, bring a friend. Amen. We're going to uh, roast a lot of different uh, fish and game and meat and potatoes. We do have veggies. Any other announcements I need to make? I'm missing that hour of sleep. I'm just telling you. Well, the... The title of my message today is uh, Ports in the Storm. Yeah. 
and the reason I thought of that uh, as far as a title is we, we right now have a, a cruise ship that's looking for any port. And they're in a storm. I mean, it may not be a, a bouncy sea. I don't know what the weather's like. But I'm telling you, you're cooped up with 3,000 people. Any one of them could be giving you a deadly disease. And they're, they're not letting you land anywhere. And so everything about this that, that spoke to me um, speaks to the condition of what the spirit of the world wants to portray right now is great fear. We're all going to die and there's no port for you. There's no place for you for safety. Well, I'm going to say that's just not true. Amen. Now, ports are a place of exchange. Ports are a place of transferring. We, we went on a cruise a year ago, and uh, we had a port every day. Every evening, the boat would take off. If you weren't there at four, you didn't go with them. You know, it was an exchange. They dropped you off, you left the boat, you came back, you did washi-washi, and then you uh, got on the boat and cruised all night, and the next day you were at another port. And at that port of entry or exit, it was a place of transference. Uh, boats and ships coming into port is a place of transference or exchange. And uh, in this latest case, apparently one of the greatest exchanges has been what they call the coronavirus. Yeah. Anybody not heard of that? Anybody not, you know, have had that somehow affect you in this past weeks in your thinking, in your motivating, in your decision making, in your planning? Um, you know, we, we prepared ahead. You want to know why there's no toilet paper at the stores? I went and bought it all. No. I want to address this latest thing. It seems to be affecting so many people's psyches, so many people's fear factors, so many individuals. It's like, can, can, we, can we, what's going to happen? We better, um, what's the word? Shelter in, hunker down. We better go into survival mode. I think it's good to be wise. I think it's great that it's brought attention to a little better personal hygiene, especially on airplanes. Our son-in-law uh, had to fly to Germany, and he says he got on the plane. It's the cleanest he's ever seen it. Everybody's washing their seats down in their trays, and, and you know, they all brought their, their uh, whatever those hand wipe things are, but Clorox wipes. And he says that's the cleanest he's seen a plane in many, many years. I mean, those things are Petri dishes. We all know that. <clears throat> we, 
we should use wisdom. We should take precautions. We should be aware that there are always things that want to make us sick. The devil comes to kill, steal, destroy. He wants to affect your health. He wants to affect all sorts of things. And we can take all the precautions we should, and, and I think we should. We should be wise. Yeah. should take precautions. We'll, we'll give you guys flying out tonight. I'll give you my thing of uh, wipes so if you don't have them. We have hand sanitizer in the back, you know, and, uh, and they're wiping the doorknobs down with, uh, with Clorox. I think that's great, actually. I'm sort of a, a germaphobe anyway. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that in, in, in coming out of the restroom, you know, you grab the paper towel and that's, you know, or you move the door with your foot toss that towel so you don't touch anything. I think it's just wise to be as uh, proactive as you can be. But I want to speak to us as the people of God and not the people of the world, not having our hearts and minds open to the purpose, plan, and promises of God. God's plan is never for any of us to be motivated and operate through and make decisions from fear that leads us to a survival mentality. God's plan is a plan of promise, and it wants to move us into the realm of faith, where we appropriate the promises in the Word of God in our life because they are more sure than the other things. All right. Psalm chapter 91. Well, before we read that, I, I, I want to read, I want to back up a little bit. I got um, a little bit ahead of myself. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 4. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation this morning, by the way. So, for those of you that are King James only, um, make an exception this morning. I know King James was, was good enough for Paul and Silas. I'm sure they spoke King James. Matthew chapter 4 in the 23rd verse. It says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Jesus went about 
announcing the good news of the kingdom, that the kingdom of God is here. And he went about healing all of those that were sick, pressed to the devil. In Hebrews chapter 13, Verse 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be, do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. That's why I don't believe in diets. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he went about at the time that he walked the earth before he was ascended, healing the sick, ask, I want to ask you, what's changed? Has that changed? Is he still available here to touch us, to heal us, to make us new? In Luke 9 and Matthew 10, Luke 9, 1, Matthew 10, 1, says that Jesus took his disciples. He said to them, I'm giving you authority now. Yeah. You go, you share the good news, you lay hands on the sick, you pray for the sick, you cast out demons. So Jesus gave you authority where does that authority start? The authority starts with yourself. Right. I've been given authority to walk uprightly. I've been given authority through Jesus Christ to be made righteous. I've been given authority through Jesus Christ to walk in the face of, uh, what was it C.S. Lewis said? When the whole world is running in one direction and you're going the other, at that time you look crazy. But when they find that they're running to a cliff, you don't look so, yeah. you know, it doesn't look so dumb. That was paraphrased. <clears throat> you have been given authority by this same Jesus that was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. Malachi says, I am the Lord, I change not. You've been given authority to stand and to appropriate the promises of God for yourself and for those in your realm of influence. Now, I've looked at these scriptures for many years. I've, uh, I've spoken those scriptures over my life. I believe in being proactive with the promises of God, that no sickness shall come nigh my dwelling. And you know what? Sometimes sickness came nigh my dwelling. And I didn't cast that aside and say, what's wrong with it? You know, that didn't work. I might as well just go the way of the world. No, I kept appropriating it. I kept saying in the face of it, no sickness shall come nigh my dwelling. 
No sickness shall come nigh my dwelling. Now, it's a lot easier for me to quote those over my wife when she's the one that's ill and, and, and dealing with it. Yeah. And I lay hands on her. I say, be healed now in Jesus' name. Now, get up and do the dishes. Whereas when I'm dealing with it and she prays for me, I'm like, yeah, just quarantine me. I'm not moving. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to talk and make a little bit of a switch here. In Psalm 91, we were addressing that. He says, do not fear. I'll just tell you about it. Psalm 91, 9. Uh, if you want to put it up there, he says, do not fear the pestilence, do not fear the storm, do not fear the things that come upon the earth. Why? Because if you're walking in God's plan, God's purpose, until it's your time to graduate, you're just going to walk right on through it. You shall walk through the fire and not be burned. You'll go through the waters and they will not overwhelm you. Why? Because God has a purpose. God has a plan. In the past couple of weeks, last week in particular, we heard a lot about um, drawing near to the Lord and being in His presence is so vital uh, that we live more in the presence of the Lord than we do in the presence of CNN or Fox News or any of the other agencies. I think if we were really smart, we would just go to Looney Tunes and no further. Yeah. I mean, you can learn a lot from Wiley Coyote. Yeah. But Psalms 91 tells us he is our refuge. He is our dwelling. Find your place, find your heart, find your soul in him. And you do not have to fear the plagues that come upon the land. Now, Robert Folks, he's not here today, so I can't pick on him, but he sent me a, a little thing yesterday, a, a message in Messenger that said that uh, they have found that um, the coronavirus will pass over the houses whose doors are uh, coated with uh, uh, Chick-fil-A sauce. Now, I sent that to my daughter because she is a Chick-fil-A fanatic. She, uh, she and her husband both got huge promotions in their jobs. And I said, what would you do to celebrate? She said, we went to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> in, uh, in John chapter 10, I'd like us to turn there, verse 9. By the way, just a, a side note here, for those that forgot about the daylight savings time and uh, uh, didn't get here on time, you don't lose brownie points here. You just miss out on the pastries. Yeah. If you want the pastries, you got to get here on time. John chapter 10, verse 9. Let's go back to verse 6. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained to them, 
I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. <laughs> Jesus is painting us a picture here, yeah. an illustration. And, in, and of himself, he's saying, I'm the gate. I'm the portal. I'm the port of entry. This is a place for you to come and dock, and you can find safe, good pastures. But he's, he's making something very interesting here as a gateway. I want to talk about this for a minute. Portals, gateways. You know, this is a, a portal right here. I can, I can take this and turn it on, and it hooks right directly in a mysterious way to the internet because we have this thing called a router and I, 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 it's all beyond me. But I can go in here and just the amount of knowledge and information, it's a portal to tremendous amounts of knowledge. So I took it and I went in and I entered in my search, my Google search, portal. Gateways. You wouldn't believe how many came up, and not one of them dealt with it from a Christian perspective. They were all portals to the supernatural. There's a portal to out here, to here, to, you know, whatever. I didn't read them. I just went, like, where's the one that says Jesus is my portal? I had to specifically specify Jesus as the gateway. But the point is, there's all kinds of portals, just like uh, entrances, places for exchange, uh, countries, nations have ports of entry in the spiritual realm that affect them. Uh, we have a port of entry in this nation that's just been plaguing us for years. It's called abortion, and it's come in and it's just destroyed us from the very uh, foundations of our nation, but it's a port that's opened. It's a portal, it's a gateway that's been opened, and it's affecting our nation in tremendous ways. So just as a nation has a port, portals or gateways, so do communities, so do churches. Churches can open up to certain things. Pretty soon, it affects them, affects their personality as a church, affects their culture. You know, how come some churches are, are known as gossip centers? Because they've opened up. They've opened up a, a, a portal there. And, uh, and then they begin to just operate under that influence of that portal. <clears throat> I'll try to develop this to where I'm making sense. It made sense to me very much so in the shower. 
But Jesus, okay, and then individuals, we open up portals. I want my home, parents, you want your homes to be a, a place of holiness. How can I influence my home for holiness and my children have a holy atmosphere in the home? You know, uh, it, I've seen it attempted in so many ways. I've attempted it myself as when I was young and, and had children. You know, uh, my house will be a house of serving the Lord. And my children, you will be serving the Lord because I command it to be so. And they, they didn't seem to buy into that the same. So my wife and I, in our journey, said, well, what, what portals do we need to, I mean, I don't think we use those terms at the time, but what portals do we need to close that's causing undue influence in our home, in our children? What kind of books are we allowing them to read? You know, what kind of different things are we allowing our children access to? Right. Uh, I remember at one point in time, uh, this is, you guys, this will be totally lost on, on some of you, but we had a TV, and we had four channels. That was a big deal. And on a good day, we could get all four of them. You know, they, they didn't look all that great. They were fuzzy and stuff, but... They were just, you know, and, and so we got a television, and we started watching a little bit of TV. Nothing wrong with watching TV. My wife and I love to watch Food Channel, PBS, you know, Masterpiece Theater, whatever. But uh, <clears throat> here it was, our children were young and infl uh, being uh, very formable. Form yeah, impressionable. Thank you. And... Uh, some came up and I said, uh, you know what, we don't need this TV. We have other avenues to entertain ourselves. I took the TV down. I said uh, I was going to sell it. Well, a good Christian brother, a friend of mine, said, I'll buy it. <laughs> so he bought it. And we went and bought cross-country skis with the money. And uh, that's what we decided to do. And uh, I think it was a, a good thing. I think it's very important you, as parents that you really watch what you allow your children to partake of because their minds are little ports of entry. Their minds are portals and, and they get opened up. And, and I can tell you about being opened up into the things of the Spirit because I'm from the 60s. I went on a lot of space places in the 60s. But, but uh, I don't know. There's just places of influence, type of reading material you allow your children to read. Your parents... You have been given authority. Remember, Jesus said, I give you authority. You've been given authority not to smack your kids around, but to say, you know, you're not going to read that material. But we'll seek out some material that's good, good reading. I mean, our, our one son, he really loved reading fantasy books. So we found a good fantasy book writer. And here he is. Years later, waiting for the guy's next book to come out. 
I mean, this guy's going to have to really watch his health because, you know, he's going to have to put out a book until he's 100 and something for, for, for our son to, to read it. And, and it's a really, you know, it was a really good way. Um, I'm just going to come out and say, how many people here like Harry Potter? Yeah? Well, don't let your kids read it. I'm just telling you right out. Because it's opening up and it's giving them an idea of to open up to portals. And you're wondering why. How come? See, I, I'm going to use this as an example. We got the TV. All of a sudden, the atmosphere of our house changed. The attitudes of my children changed. The things they wanted to do and insisted on changed. Everything changed. I wasn't putting two and two together. But when I did, I said, you know, we don't need that. So it's okay, parents, for you to really look over. And, and, and I mean, some of this stuff seems so harmless. It really does. It just seems harmless. But it, it can open up ports of entry that are not harmless. So be very discerning. Seek the Lord about it. Ask the Lord. You're the parent. You need to know and do what's best for your children to keep and maintain a house, a home that has a holy atmosphere to it. And what we try to do is bring holiness by the way we dress, the way we smell, the, the foods we eat. But Jesus said, you know, none of those are what makes you holy. Another picture that Jesus gives us is Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. What is that door? Well, so often it's depicted as the door of your heart. It's your port of entry. It's a portal to you. And he's like, I've got all kinds of things for you, and I want, I want to come into you and have fellowship with you and have an influence in your, your life. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, in some cases, we don't see just the doors and the portals that are open or broken down, but it says that a, a, a person of, of uh, uh, that's not it, but I like that. I like all the, all the scriptures. 25, 28. Yeah, it's a good one, though. Yeah. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. You know, in some people you see, well, there's, there's just certain things in their life they, they haven't closed down or they're open. Other people you go, wow, what happened to them? I mean, their, their, their life is just completely come to disaster. You know, so the scripture speaks to that. And I believe it was because they opened up to ports of entry, to portals. I'm going to get back to the spirit of fear. 
with this as a port of entry. Spirit of fear as a gateway to affect you as a Christian. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, we see the, the story of uh, Adam and Eve in Eden. God spoke to, spoke to Adam. He says, you can eat all that you want. From every tree, you can eat. But you cannot eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, we all know the story, and if you don't, the story is this. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They, they, uh, they were seduced. Well, God says, because when you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. And Satan was there, and he said, well, I know that God said that, but you're, you're not going to actually die. Well, death actually did come through that. But there's these two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The tree of life being Jesus. Now, see, you can eat that fruit all day long, Amen. and you'll have life. If you live your life by eating fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you'll have lots of knowledge, and you'll understand lots of evil. And it does not necessarily bring life. I think one of the I think one of the things that uh, we should practice the most, we should give ourselves to the most. Um, we were encouraged a lot through last Sunday's message, and if you listen to the theme for some time, yeah. it's been to to enter into the presence of the Lord. How do you do that? Adam and Eve were in the presence of God in the garden. The fact that they disobeyed, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It says that they were naked and they knew no shame. They were naked. After they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their consciences were opened to a different spiritual atmosphere and it says they saw they were naked and they wanted to cover themselves and they also hid from the presence of God often I think Christians find themselves literally trying to hide from the presence of God instead of by invitation he says invitation come boldly to my throne. So how do we do that? By invitation, it says, come into the holy of holies, enter by the blood of the lamb. Now in the Old Testament, when they had the, uh, the, the uh, priests had to go in, and they would go into the holy of holies. 
they tie a rope around their ankle in case they did something wrong and perished because of it so that they could drag them back out of the Holy of Holies. Well, that doesn't happen today. Every one of us can enter into the very holiness and the Holy of Holies, that deep, deep, the portal that's the greatest portal portal of all or gate of entry of all and you can go into these deep places of mystery and he says enter it freely boldly by the blood of the lamb Jesus shed his blood so that we have access to the very presence holy places of God now When you're in that place of the Holy of Holies, you know what I experience the most when I get into that place, into the presence of the Lord? Love. And you know what love does? Love casts out all fear. You know what else love does? Love covers a multitude of shortcomings, multitude of faults, a multitude of sins. You know, I'm gonna pick on Barry. You know, when Barry makes me mad, which isn't very often, I can't recall, but I'm just going to pretend. In fact, I, now I do recall. <laughs> just by going into the presence of God, experiencing that love, that love covers that with my brother. And, and I come out of that room I come out of that place or I come out of that presence going I don't even I don't even remember I know I'm mad at you but I don't remember so I guess I just love you you know it covers all kinds of things you can tell when a Christian is not practicing the presence of God because they carry around a lot of unforgiveness they carry a lot around a lot of rememberings of what you did that, that offended them, that hurt them, that affected them. But one moment in the presence of God, and it's amazing how those things get wiped away. So we are faced right now with one of two things, I believe, going on in the land today. I mean, it's affecting the whole world. It's amazing. Is this fear of the coronavirus is going to pandemic. I think it's a serious thing. I think it's a serious threat. I need to take it seriously, but it will not control me. I will not be controlled by fear. That's not a doorway I'm going to walk through. That's not a place in my heart that I'm going to open up to and invite it in and say, I'm going to be ruled by fear. You want to buy extra toilet paper? Go for it. Not bad to have extra toilet paper up here. I remember the shortage of 83. <laughs> I think it was actually like 78. A, a barge tipped over and Alaska was without any kind of toilet paper for like a month. And we lived in a commune. But you know what? We didn't fear. And it was amazing because we lived in this commune 
All these people were always bringing us supplies. God supplied our every need in the midst of the great toilet paper shortage. This should be a chapter to a book. When the word of God is received in the presence of the Lord and the word of God is received, it cannot be received except in love. I mean, it, will, it comes with that. It's not like, oh, I've got to muster it up. It brings the love of God with it. The love of God then comes into you. And then when it's shared in love, faith increases. I want us to leave here today with a greater amount of faith in God's word than in fear of the coronavirus. I want us to leave today knowing about God's promises more than we know about what the news agencies are telling us. I want us to be able to confidently say, you know, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. He is Jehovah Rophe. He is my healer. He is Jehovah Sidkenu. He is my righteousness. He's my sanctification. He is everything. He's everything. The thing is, just as you're preparing, you know, and taking good personal hygiene, it's a good idea, you know. Uh, I love it. Somebody put on... You know, we're all afraid. We're all going to Costco to stock up because we've got to protect ourselves from the coronavirus, but we won't pass up that free sample that everybody's touching. <laughs> Faith opens the door to God's presence. In Hebrews 4, verse 16, it says, come boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace. It doesn't say, come begging. It doesn't say, come like, oh, God, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. He knows that. You don't need to tell him. <laughs> he knows you're a dirty, rotten sinner. That's why he shed his blood for you. Amen. You don't need to tell him that. You just need to go, I, I need some of you, God, today. I need to be in your presence. I need your love. I need faith. I need to overcome this fear. I refuse to let this fear enter my house. I refuse to let this fear operate, uh, uh, motivate me to make poor decisions in life. And you know what? If it's your time... Nothing can stop it. You'll go. You'll graduate. If it's not your time, you can walk through the very depths of hell. Amen. You can walk through thermonuclear warfare, I believe, and not get vaporized. If God still has a plan for you, somehow you'll escape it. You'll walk through it so that you can share this love of Christ until your time is done. And that's what I want us to leave today is that we want to share the love of God in our community, in our nation, in our homes. And not be ruled by fear, but ruled by faith. Amen? Amen.
Shut down all the ports of entry that are not good in your, in your homes, in your life. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.